We're back, everybody. I'm Carly Knight. And I'm Sabrina Monet. And this is Procrastination Planet. Where we should be writing, but... Today we're going to talk about writers we'd like to hang out with. And yes, I ended that sentence in a preposition. You know why? Because it's grammatically correct to do so. Any grammar snobs out there who think you can't do that, suck it. Exactly. I'm right. That was just some made up fuck shit. Google it, educate yourself, and climb down off your high horse. Yeah. Get yourself a hobby. Get yourself a partner who's a better lay so you don't have to fake your orgasms. Spend that time you got on your hands perfecting your finger popping technique so you're less awkward and your girlfriend doesn't have to fake her orgasms. I don't know. You have been hilarious today. Okay. <laughs> I've been on. So, um, okay. Let me just throw the first author out the gate. Mm-hmm. And it... it <sighs> Authors we would like to have lunch with or meet. And here's the thing. I'm just going to throw it out there. Margaret Atwood. I need to sit down with fucking Margaret Atwood. Who you fucking hate. And I, You want to hate meet. I, I want to hate meet. But here's the thing. I don't think I hate her. I don't think I hate her work. I think I hate the way some of her work has been interpreted. Hmm. Okay. So I need to understand the world through her eyes and have her explain it to me, and then I'll be okay. I'm I'm letting go of my hate of Handmaid's Tale. I understand. Oh, whoa, whoa! New year, new you. <laughs> Early. So here's the thing: I hate it for the reasons that I hate it, but it 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 means a different thing to different people. Mm-hmm. So I'll allow that. It means a different thing to different people. And the way I interpret it is different than the way other people interpret it. Because for everyone who looks at the, the, the complexities of politics and policing a woman's body, there's the Kylie Jenners who dress up like handmaids for their baby showers. Oh, God. That... <laughs> I saw that. I'm just like, this is not what the story is about, number one. Number two, I am not the least bit surprised that she would try and do the the hoochie handmade thing. Yeah. Although I wonder how much of that was deliberately calculated because of the clickbait. Because they live by the clickbait, clickbait code. Yes, that's where they make their money. I mean, the Kardashians are vapid and whatnot, but I don't think they're stupid. No. I think they kind of play at it so that we... We misunderestimate them to use a bushism. We Bushism. dismiss them and yeah. they continue to make their money. Yeah, and then they continue to take over the world. Exactly. It's kind of that tactic of play dumb so they underestimate you and then you can defeat them. Yeah. That's kind of that thing. So, yeah, I'm not sure if she honestly interprets it that way or she's like, I'm going to get so much traction here. Yeah. If I do this. I think it was the latter. I, I think def- so, too. Yeah. But I would really love to sit down with Margaret Atwood and just figure out what it is about this I hate. I think it would be cathartic. You're you- learning and growing, Sabrina. Yeah. Arrange that lunch for me, Carly. Come on. I'll arrange that lunch. I'll have Elizabeth Moss show up in a bonnet so that you can make... Oh, my God. So in our Characters We Hate episode, Sabrina hates that bonnet so hard. Hate that fucking bonnet. Ugh. <laughs> Because here's the thing, even let's say a character like Trump created that world, mm-hmm. I even think he'd be like, the, the bonnet's gotta go. 
the bonnets guy. Like, I, I fired. I could see him just. The bonnets for losers. Yeah, only uh. losers wear that. We're making America great again. Fuck that bonnet. I would. I, I could see that. The bonnet would make her not a ten. Yeah. <laughs> she's a, she's a six and a half with that bonnet on. Take it off. Fix her hair. Tell her to lose about twenty pounds. And get some new boobs. Get some kidney surgery. Yeah. Get some double D kidneys. Exactly. Oh. Oh God. Okay. So, that's my first one out the gate. Wow. Imagine that lunch. Starting off hot. Yeah. I'm gonna go a lot gentler. <gasps> I'm going to start with Allie Larkin. Oh. She wrote a couple of books that I have in my own personal library. Stay, Why Can't I Be You? And she came out with another one recently. It's called Swimming for Sunlight. Oh. She came out with that one pretty recently. And I met her at a bookstore in Benicia. She had her author talk and book signing. And she's really down to earth. And she's really cool on social media. She's pretty good at engaging with her readers and whatnot. Mm -hmm. How fun must that been? Yeah, that was really super cool. And I really liked her advice of not feeling pressured to write every single day. Yeah. Because it's not always attainable. <sighs> I mean, she's not saying it's an excuse to never fucking write. Her thing is she has a story, it composts for a while, it, it germinates and whatever, and then boom, writer binge. Nice. I could see that though. Yeah, but um, she's also a dog person, so. Aww. And I'm I'm very much a dog person. I'm like, oh, okay, you're you're a good egg if you're a dog person. Yeah. I can't hate people who love dogs, so I think she would be a fun person to meet up at the dog park. Although um, she has a German Shepherd, and Holly is scared of German Shepherds, so. Oh no. Yeah, we could talk to each other over the fence that divides the small dogs from the big dogs. Does Holly still get skittish around large dogs? Yeah, she oh. barks at them on the TV screen too. Wow. She can differentiate all sorts of animals on the TV, and once she sees one on the screen, it's barking time, and even cartoon ones. Oh wow, she's like, and fuck you too. <laughs> <laughs> right. That is who she is. That was first on my list. Nice. I'm, is there any authors I've actually already met like that? No, maybe like a book signing. But um, the next one on my list is someone who's no longer with us. H.P. Mm. Lovecraft. Mm -hmm. I, would, I would love to hang out with him and pick his brain. Like, where the F Why are you so racist? You know what? That is one, huh? Yeah. Yes, we're going to eat together. <laughs> <laughs> And here's the thing. Do you think all of his story, all his love stories, all, all of his horror stories were just masked love stories of relationships that didn't work out? I'm going to keep that Freudian slip in there. So, yeah, my answer is yes. Yes. My answer is yes. <sighs> Would you eat with H.P. Lovecraft and figure out what he's, what's going on in that head of his? Probably. Okay. And then he's going to say something really fucked up and racist and then I'll... Throw something at him. Yeah, you're like, go back to being dead. We're, <laughs> we're good here. Sabrina, grab the bread bowl. Let's get out of here. Thanks for Cthulhu, but fuck off. Exactly, right? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Now I got to Google H.P. Lovecraft racist. <laughs> Do you have anyone not here with us that's on your list? All of my selections are living. I didn't go for the Beautiful. dead ones. Beautiful, yeah. Okay. And H.P. Lovecraft is my only one that's... No longer with us. Yeah. Or so we know. That's true. Oh God. Um. What was it? One of my one of my friends who is from my writers group. He's now going to law school up in Davis. He had this 
throwback Thursday picture that he posted on Facebook. And I'm like, you look like you're trying to go door to door and preach the word of either Lovecraft or the White Stripes. Oh my gosh. He's like, more like Lovecraft without the horrific racism. So funny. Mm -hmm. I'm like an H.B. Lovecraft for a kinder, gentler Tumblr age. (laughs) A more inclusive Lovecraft. Yes. So I couldn't let that go without... Pointing out the problematic, yes. Yeah. Okay, you guys are going to have to pardon the fan because, again, hot as balls, no AC. I know it it is hot, but it's just the entire state's on fire. I know. What else is new? Although last night it was kind of chilly. Yeah, it was last night. I did have covers last night. So yeah, it wasn't that cold. It wasn't that hot. I would like to have more chilly nights. I mean... I gotta be careful with what I wish for, because climate change means you're gonna get extremes. Okay, I'm gonna go for a problematic fave here. Kinky Friedman. I was just thinking about him because you let me uh, read his book. The Cowboy Mystery Series. He would be fun. He would be hilarious. He's one of those people who likes to piss off people on both sides of the spectrum. Yeah. And he has friends on both sides of the spectrum, too. (sighs) Ah. Like he's pals with Willie Nelson, who's left wing is all get out. And then W also likes his books. It's like, oh my God. Kinky Friedman. Do you think he was friends with Elmore Leonard? I'm not sure if they knew each other. Okay. His thing. um, Okay. All the Jewish jokes he makes, he can make them because he's Jewish. He was originally in a band called the Texas Jew Boys. Oh. And his name was Kinky because of his hair. Yeah. And he calls it a Hebrew natural. (laughs) (laughs) But he, of course, wrote some problematic songs. <laughs> There's, what was it? Get Your Biscuits in the Oven and Your Buns in the Bed, which was during the women's lib movement, as they called it back in the day. I'm just like, oh my God, shut up. But also he had the song called They Ain't Making Jews Like Jesus Anymore about being a Jewish guy who walks in a barn and there's this bar patron who's this total racist and so he beats the shit out of him. Oh, wow. He's like, we don't turn the other cheek. <laughs> he had some songs that are funny and then songs that are fucked up. And he also wrote a series of mysteries where um, you don't quite read for the story as you do for the one-liners. Yeah. But the stories, they take place either in his Greenwich Village apartment, where in a tribute to Sherlock Holmes, he has his crew of friends who help him with the mysteries. Yeah. And they're called the Village Irregulars. (laughs) So he's got his Village Irregulars from the Greenwich Village. And then, um, let's see... Of course, he's a bleeding heart animal lover. Yeah. And some of the mysteries, they'll take place in Kerrville, Texas, because he kind of waffles between both New York and Texas. Gotcha. And there's um, the animal rescue ranch that he's totally devoted to. So animals always get a shout out. And he has a cat in his um, apartment, of course. He's like, I left the cat in charge. But I think he would just be a fun person to talk to because he was... He was a boomer and a musician back in the day and so and in the 70s. So he would have some band kind of stories. And of course, I want to hear all of his Willie Nelson stories about smoking a joint the size of an Airstream trailer kind of thing. (laughs) Oh, my God. So Snoop Dogg was saying on um, was it Fallon or Kimmel? Probably Kimmel. He was saying that uh, Willie Nelson was like the only person to ever outsmoke him. Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah, the clickbait title was The Only Person to Ever Outsmoke Snoop Dogg. And I'm thinking, I bet it's Willie Nelson. And then that's what he said. Yeah. It's like, I am not surprised. Wow. Yeah, I mean, Willie Nelson's been at it for twice as long. Kinky Friedman, I would love to have lunch with him. He just, I was looking at photos of him. He just seems like a really hilarious character. Yeah, kind of curmudgeonly and grouchy and... 
he might have weed. Yes, exactly. I mean, now that marijuana is legal, well, I don't have a supply because I'm all grown and all of my stoner friends, (laughs) they've either quit or were too far away to help a bitch out. But it's like, I could probably go into a dispensary and buy something, but I have never paid for weed a single time in my life. I am not about to start now. Exactly. It's just one of those things, right? I just got to find someone who's nice enough to smoke me out. (laughs) Not a stranger, though, (laughs) because... You can get laced stuff, and yeah. that's no bueno. Say no to strangers. Mm-hmm. <sighs> oh, my God. That whole just say no. Oh, my gosh. I think that might have been a little after your time. Just say were no. Were you just say no? I remember there were pencils that people used to sharpen. You were dare. Oh, dare. Sorry. Yeah, your arrow is dare, I think. That's gore, right? Tippy Gore was the one that did all the dare stuff. No, that was the parental advisory... Oh, she took away our music, yeah. Oh, she didn't take away our music. She made us put on the label. Oh, okay. And Frank Zappa's thing was just put the lyrics on the back of the album cover. Because that way you're informed as a consumer, but you don't have the whole, this is censored. But what's funny is the parental advisory made those albums a lot more sought after. Nice. So thanks, Tipper. Make that artist more money. I love it. Yeah. Nancy Reagan was um, Just Say No. Ah, okay. Just Say No to Drugs. And I remember, um, I didn't have a formal D.A.R.E. program that was a little bit after my time. We always did have motivational speakers and police officers and whatnot coming in to tell us to turn down drugs and people are going to pressure you to use drugs. And we'd always watch these movies. And then I got into high school, middle school and high school. And it's like, no one's offering me drugs. No one, not one. Yeah, no one's offering me drugs. I've done four years of college. Maybe, maybe like weed in college. Yeah. But by then I'm just like, yeah, I'm down for that. But no one's ever actually offered me like drug drugs. Real drugs, exactly. Listen to this statistic. Vegas, undergraduate, film student, no one ever offered me coke. Not once. So I think I was just a lame square that no one wanted to hang out with. <laughs> you weren't destined to be that Laurel Canyon cohort. It's still in the cards for me. Never okay. say never. Okay, don't lose hope. No, never. You will have your coke. I will have it and I will... You know what? I don't think I could actually take it today. Um, just manifest your coke spoon. You have to be healthy for coke because it messes with your blood pressure. Yeah. I'm going to do coke when I'm 80. Yes. If Let's I hit my till- 70s. There we go. That's the prime time. Like in Little Miss Sunshine, <laughs> the grandpa... <laughs> It's like, it's stupid to do drugs when you're old, when you're young. Do them when you're old. That's the time. Exactly. And I subscribe to that mindset. Okay, correction. I was walking in San Francisco and I forget which part of San Francisco, but it's kind of on the cusp of the financial district. Okay. Where the nudie bars still are. Like the tenderloin? <laughs> um, not quite. I had to walk around a block. Oh, I'd, gotcha. I'd miss my turn. And some guy asked me if I wanted to buy a rock. He wasn't offering you diamonds, was he? He wasn't off, no. And he didn't offer to give me a rock because they always they always have that joke about, not the joke, but there's always the trope that the dealer will give you a little sample. It's like, no one's giving you drugs. Drugs are expensive. But he offered to sell me a rock. And I was really insulted. It was like, do I look like a goddamn tweaker? Because I mean, I was from a total tweaker town. And so I'm like, do I still have tweaker town written on my skin map or something? No. Ugh. Maybe you seemed like a silly tourist that... But that's another thing. Fuck him for calling you out as a tourist in San Francisco. Yeah. (sighs) Offered to buy me a rock. I'm like, no, I'm good. Thank you. So I just said no. So Nancy Reagan did something positive. Yeah. Drug education 
was not very accurate when I was growing up. I remember in junior high, they made a list, but they said the biggest drug that you could ever uh, encounter and just say no to, which none of us ever did, was cigarettes. That's actually the most addictive shit. Yes, it is. That is the hardest shit to quit. Harder than heroin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the lobbyists for heroin and crack don't have the lobbyists that uh, Big Tobacco does. Mm-hmm. Because if they did... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We'd have legal Laurel Canyon coke whores. What are you talking about legal? There isn't one Laurel Canyon coke whore who would ever get in trouble. That's true. They could do 80 miles an hour up and down Mulholland. They're never going to get pulled over. Point made. Yeah. Point taken. Especially because, you know, they're all just fucking like the ex-wives of the Eagles and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I've been jamming out to Still the Same by Bob Seger. Because he's amazing. I know. No, it's like it started off with night moves then there was still the same i can't get down with against the wind i feel like it's the same as still the same yeah. but not as good just changed a little bit you know get yeah. that mortgage paid give me still the same okay. that's that's the one that's the one that's the one. Oh wow but yeah i had to throw in my bob seger shout out very cool where'd that come from i don't know but anyway because he's awesome <laughs> but speaking of bob seger oh is it your turn or my turn Oh, I think I finished up with Kinky Friedman and now it's your turn. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to throw this out here because I believe in, I don't know, she could probably help me. Okay. So Brene Brown and her books, Daring Greatly. I don't, she's not a therapist. Um, I think she refers to herself as a social worker. Okay. But she has her PhD in social work, which. <laughs> Interesting. I don't know what that makes you. But her social work isn't helping, like, people in need. She gets hired by corporations to figure out the, their emotional intelligence and to making them work better within their uh, companies. So I don't know whoever that is. But she did a TED Talk that led to her writing these books for individuals about how to overcome shame. Oh. I guess in 2012 she was on Netflix. Yes, she had a special, which was an extension of her TED Talk. Interesting. And basically she said that we're all just, depending on our childhood and the things that trigger us, we all, men and women in individual ways, have things that affect us. And if we don't acknowledge it, that it can eat away at us and then we can't move forward. Yes. And she gave these great analogies to, um, for example, men don't like to be perceived as weak at any time. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I've got a PhD in social work. I've been doing this for over 20 years and I still have moments where I fuck up and, and trigger my husband. And she's like, and he triggers me and it's a back and forth. Yeah. So it would be interesting to sit down with her because this is the thing. She says that she hates when people talk to her on planes. Mm -hmm. And when they ask her, so what do you do for a living? She turns to them and point blank says, I study shame. She says they all get really quiet and turn away. <laughs> I would love someone that knowledgeable to sit down and analyze me. I would probably make serial killer jokes. <laughs> I've always been a true crime junkie. Gotcha. Not just this past few years when true crime's been taken over the podcast whole thing. I'm running out of vocabulary. Bear with me. But ever since I was 12 and discovered Jack the Ripper, I'd just been super obsessed with true crime. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I've taken a back seat from true crime. Mm -hmm. uh, did I think I told you about this. My friend who wrote the article, her true crime article. Oh. Is that ringing a bell? 
No, it's not. Uh, we probably haven't discussed this. So she lives in Southern California. Okay. She's also a writer, and, but she lost a family member to a killer. Holy of that shit. magnitude and she says that he tried to write a novel while in prison oh yeah because that's how it starts that's where they get their followings uh-huh. they actually went to court and had had to fight over the last 10 years to keep him from publishing and writing all of that and then she just said that when it comes to true crime she can't sit through it because she realizes that as the serial killers are looked at and analyzed what people sort of take for granted are the lives of the people that they they took mm-hmm. so ever since then i'm like whoa and i noticed that because i used to highlight and tweet retweet a lot of true crime stuff mm-hmm. it triggered her on her own site huh. so I, I i was noticing that i wouldn't retweet it as much because i was like oh it's going to come up on her timeline yeah so things like that and i'm like wow i never thought about true crime and that stuff true stupid me i never thought it was actually associated with anyone I always thought of it as like, ooh, that stuff. That's the thing about, um, like, with My Favorite Murder or Crime Junkie, they take the care to center the lives and the stories of the victims. Gotcha. They're, um, one of the things that I don't like about some of the true crime, what's the fandom, I guess, is there's sometimes almost a, like a worship of serial killers, like the ones that collect murderabilia oh. and nasty shit like that. I don't have time for those kind of people because that's just really ghoulish and not in a fun gothy sort of way. But um, yeah, I get what your friend is saying. I don't think that we should stop um, being interested in true crime or anything like that. I mean, because like a lot of women are fans of the genre because they kind of feel a little more empowered. They learn what people are capable of. They learn some of these traps that they now don't fall into. Like, you know, make sure you have your keys in your hand. Yeah. Um, Don't go into a second vehicle. Don't go to a second location. Yeah. All these precautions. I mean, technically we shouldn't have to take the precautions because people shouldn't be fucking serial killers, but you know. Exactly. Like my favorite murder, they have fuck politeness. Exactly. This doesn't mean you act like a raging cunt to everybody in your path, but it just means don't feel obligated to do something that makes you uncomfortable just because you don't want to be rude. Yeah. Like if some guy comes up to you asking for directions, but you get a creepy feeling off of him, maybe he's harmless. But also, maybe he's not harmless and he's concealing a weapon and wants to get you into the car to get you to a second location. Yeah. Don't worry about hurting his feelings. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I guess it's one of those things you want to be careful not to get entertained at the deaths of people. But one thing I like about, um, like, small town murder, they don't make fun of the victims or the victims' families. They make fun of the killers. Yeah. They'll dunk on them. Or they'll make fun of um, police that bumble the case and that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of, like, serial killer fetishizing. Who's your favorite serial killer? That's kind of... Huh. That's kind of gross. I mean, I find certain cases fascinating, and I find, like, what makes the psychology of these people tick? Yeah. And I write mysteries now, so it's like... I kind of have to get into that mindset to make for believable villains so that part i'm comfortable with that i will just avoid things that glorify that glorify the serial killer yeah i mean i'll post serial killer memes sometimes but it's like to make fun of the serial killer in question like the ed gein one be comfortable in your own skin yeah Oh, goodness. I took a dead displace class and there was a lawyer in the class who her clients were people that bought things on the internet mostly 
that they should not have been able to buy mm. and they keep collections that they might get in trouble for and so we were like what kind of things do you have and she sort of did this thing where okay i do own something that's one of my clients i will bring it in to show and tell but guys you never saw it and we're like bring it bring it what could you possibly be bringing that your that your client acquired on the internet it was a human skull oh wow it was a real human skull and i'm like holy shit and then i was thinking how specific do you have to be that you're a lawyer and the majority of your clients are people who buy weird shift off the internet mm -hmm. and can get in trouble for it and it's your job to keep them out of jail for buying that weird shit including a human skull and then we all got a chance to hold it oh my god <laughs> that is wow that's crazy but yeah weird things have um sorry it was about true crime yeah so do you put the people who in the the true crime category people in the same people who may have who spend a lot of time thinking about death and dead bodies or different different like, groups like morbid i think there's some overlap okay because there's the book and i think you've read it as well stiff yeah yes that one so that crowd the people mm -hmm. who think about that and mm -hmm. is it the same crowd as the true crime people um, like i said there's probably overlap overlap yeah I thought of being a mortician briefly. I would get way too in my feelings with like the kids gotcha. that would come into the parlor. That would hurt. That would, that would be way too heartbreaking. Yeah. By the way, watch the Casketeers on Netflix. Okay. Love that show. Love the first two seasons. It's about a funeral home and the uh, cast of characters that work there. Okay. I'll have to look at that. Awesome. Oh, there's also a good channel um, on YouTube, Ask a Mortician. Oh, wow. She talks about um, the business of being a mortician and some various death-related topics. Yeah. They're short, they're digestible, and she kind of takes the stigma away from death. And she's very into having eco-friendly funerals and also making sure you have a good death. Yeah. That your wishes are honored, that you have... Um, dignity exactly even after your life <gasps> okay that was quite the digression right <laughs> and that was off of just one author who do you have on your list i have Anne lamott <gasps> nice of bird by bird fame yes i think she would be a good one to have lunch with just the conversation alone would okay this is gonna sound cheesy but it would feed my soul and that's really important when you want to get inspired to be creative yeah and I feel like she would just give me the best pep talk in the whole wide world. Nice. And she's also hilarious and a left-wing Christian. It's like um, mainstream Christianity has been co-opted by the right. Yes. And so it's nice to see very vocal Christians. So she's a real are, Christian. <laughs> yeah. Very vocal Christians who lean a lot more progressive, politically speaking. Perfect. Yeah. The ones who listen to Jesus. Exactly. Socialist feminist. Right? Don't at me. <laughs> but fun fact i mean she has a son from a previous relationship it's probably about our age gotcha but she got married for the first time a couple years ago at 65 nice yeah so, that's how you do it so if there's anyone out there lamenting their single status and you think you're gonna die forever alone Anne lamont at 65 got married and she didn't settle for some shitty little zilch or anything like that her husband in question is age appropriate and accomplished and quite a handsome older man. Nice. I think he's a professor, if I remember correctly. But yeah, she's doing well and he's crazy about her and you don't have to um, 
You don't have to lament your age or anything like that if you're out there being single. Oh, she just got married this year. Oh, yeah. Just this year. All right. Thank you for the fact check. Gets to the happily ever after part. I love the wedding. Look at this reception. Uh Uh-huh. They are so cute together, too. Oh, Deer Park Villa. I know this venue. A matchmaking site. They met on a matchmaking site for people over 40. Stop. Yeah. I mean, people over 50. Sorry. What, What website is that? Our time. But yeah, love and romance don't stop when you're 30. Right? The rabbit hole you've had me fall down. Oh, no. I put you down a rabbit hole. Yes. This is dangerous. Okay, let's get out of the rabbit hole. And and give you my next author. My next author is Anna Quinlan. Oh, okay. So she writes these characters that are very raw and real. And her novel, Black and White, stayed with me long after I read it. She just seems like someone you would enjoy lunch or dinner with just to talk about the human condition. Mm. Have you read Black and White? No, I haven't. Black and Blue. Okay. So that one stayed with me um, a really long time. You have this woman who decides to pack up with her son and leave. Mm -hmm. She was in an abusive relationship that she couldn't just readily walk out of it took a lot of time and effort to get out yeah but she was married to a new york cop Mm. so just the implications of that and anna quinlan has shades of that throughout her her novels so i read that and i'm like wow the things you don't know and that could people's everyday lives what happens behind the scenes oh yeah stuff like that so she seems like someone whose brain you would love to pick during a meal and um, I think she, she, she was also an essayist. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if it was the New York Times or somewhere else, but her collection of essays are also ones that I love to read. Yeah, she's pretty prolific. You got some highbrow picks on your list. I think I have... Um, we'll see the Anna Quinlan... She's someone who for like the past 20 years has always come up on my list like, wow, she's, she's awesome. She's someone... I like to hang out with. Mm-hmm. Um, Margaret Atwood, it's just so I could just throw a breadstick across the room and go, what the fuck is going on? What do you mean? That. And then... Killing the messenger, Sabrina. <laughs> and then with Brene Brown, it's I, I need her to read my shame. <laughs> I would love to have that interpreted. Because there was something she said. She said that she's been just been doing it for over 20 years that within having a conversation with someone, she can pinpoint exactly where you hide it. Oh, my God. You're like, I would never want to hang out with her. Wow. I I would feel super exposed. What kind of a lunch would that be? But I mean, here's the thing. <laughs> Is there a politeness where if she knew it and she sees that you're not ready to hear it? professionally she can't tell you well she can pinpoint then maybe she would pinpoint that you'd feel shame about having it right out there across the table (laughs) yeah she needs another 20 years before she could swallow this pill let me just at least she's using her powers for good yeah when we were recording our insecurities episode Uh i was there was kind of a fear of mine for publishing it oh okay because i'm like oh my god people are gonna know our insecurities and now they know our weak spots and they might try and use them against us, that kind of thing. And Russian bots, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that kind of teen mindset doesn't quite leave you. Gotcha. Then I realized, okay, if someone is taking these weaknesses that we have voiced out into the airwaves and they're actively trying to use them against us, number one, they've been listening to our podcast. So thank you for putting your ears on the podcast. 
Number two, since they're taking those particular insecurities and trying to weaponize them. Yes. I know what you're doing. Exactly. It's like, you're super transparent and what you're doing does not affect me because I know that you're, I, I know what your game plan yeah. is. Fuck them. Exactly. Yeah. Garbage fuck. Yeah. So I gave myself that pep talk and I hit publish. Nice. Because you know what? We all have our shit. And that's what our insecurity episode is titled. I had to censor the brown word in there because I didn't want iTunes and all of them or Apple Podcasts. Sorry. I didn't want to get the episode censored out. Gotcha. And oh, the brown word that was from John Waters' Serial Mom. Yeah. Her son Chip was like, oh, shit. And she said, Chip, you know how I hate the brown word. So I've been calling it the brown word ever since. The brown word. Because okay. it's hilarious. Nice, nice. Yeah, I think it, it was actually good for us to kind of voice our insecurities, not in the name of, oh my God, overshare or anything like that, yeah. but just, hey, you're not alone. Exactly. I'm sure we have listeners out there that have similar insecurities or insecurities adjacent to that. Yeah. And my next author, she voices some of her insecurities. And I'm just like, oh my God, I don't feel alone. That takes me to Samantha Irby. Oh, wow. Yeah. Love that you brought her up. Oh my God. I would so love to have lunch with her. I mean, it might be um, a very conservative, wholesome vegan lunch or something like that because Crohn's disease really sucks. But she overshare. she doesn't overshare, but she's very candid about her medical issues, about the inadequacies she's felt as far as growing up as far as her education not knowing all the fancy shit she's supposed to know at her age and i'm like i am not alone <laughs> i am so not alone and so i i think our insecurities episode was kind of our way of paying it forward nice but she would be a hoot to have lunch with she would have hilarious stories she might have hilarious advice she might pick my brain for some hilarious advice. Right? I would like to think so. But yeah, she's one of the funniest writers I know. And she's got a new book that's coming out. So I got to pre-order that. You can pre-order through local bookstores too. You don't have to go through Amazon for that. Um, have you heard about Napa Mine? Yeah, Napa okay. Book Mine. Their um, rent got increased by 70%, which is some predatory fuck shit. So I think my next pre-order I do, I'm going to do it through them. So if you're in the Napa Vallejo area, go to Napa Bookmine and support them. They are awesome. And yeah, they deserve it. Support your local bookstores, people. Very cool. Sorry. The rabbit hole you took me down, I went to that 50 plus dating site mm -hmm. just because I wanted to see what they would look like. They won't let you in unless you put in a legit um, email address and your actual photo. Good. But I'm nosy. I want to know what it looks like. Because <laughs> I know, you know, Tinder and everything like that, what those assholes do. I, I want to know what 50-year-olds do. Do they send dick pics or? <laughs> wow. Or is it a bit you're more highbrow? You're trash, high Sabrina. <laughs> or is no, it a bit you're... more highbrow? I don't know. I, I feel like I'm going to be a trashy 50-something myself. So I would hope not. <sighs> but um, let me see. Oh, yeah. When Samantha Irby came out with, we're not, no. We are never meeting in real life. Sorry. I pre-ordered it through um, Napa Bookmine. I went there and did my pre-order. Very nice. And then nice. I picked it up and snapped a photo for um, her Facebook group. I should put that on a throwback Thursday. Yes, you should. Yeah, that's a fun picture. So support Napa Bookmine. I hope everything works out. Oh, God, I hope so, too. You took me there a few times. Yeah. My um, last author to hang out with, Anne Rice. Of course. Because, well, she sold, she's since sold the New Orleans house. 
I would have loved to have gone to the Garden District and walked that Lestat mansion with her. But something that has stuck with me was a comment her son Christopher Rice made. And what did, um, you would know what they're called. What is it when it's the, um, it's like the side view of a woman in white that gets put on a... Uh, oh, the cameo. Cameo. Yeah, so he basically said, my mother wrote vampire love stories and wore cameo chokers. How could I not be gay? <laughs> so a lunch with those two would be hilarious that would be hilarious oh my god i love that quote that's a t-shirt quote right so yeah Anne rice hanging out with her and just talking about lestat she seems like she would be really funny to hang out with uh -huh. um what i don't say probably speaks volumes i don't want to hang out with stephen king because no. I just love him so much, and I see him on Twitter. I don't want the magic to go away, so we'll keep it professional. Don't meet all of your idols. Yeah, don't meet all of your idols. I can't do it. Anne Rice, she's different. She's not an idol. She's more of a medium for Lestat to give us his story. So, <laughs> Does that mean I should be afraid of meeting John Waters? Not at all. Okay. Okay. Oh, God. I guess I'm going to end with John Waters and David Sedaris. Two amazing party guests. Uh -huh. I would love to hang out with both of them. I need for them to sign my books while insulting me. <gasps> wow. There was, um, God, who was it? She was telling us that she had um, gone to a David Sedaris book signing and she picked up a copy for herself and her mom couldn't make it to the reading. So she picked up a copy for her mother. So she had Sedaris sign the copy for the mom and he's like, you're such a good daughter. And then he signed her copy and it said to Dolores, a good daughter, dot, 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 and a big slut. I love David <laughs> Sedaris. I love it. That's autograph goals. Yes. Oh my God. And I feel like John Waters might do something similar. He talks about um, in this filthy world, his speaking tour that he often does. It's also available on DVD. He was talking about all the weird signings that he's done. Oh. Like, um, you know, signing like C-section scars, signing arms, signing various body parts so someone can tattoo over it. Wow. They can get his name tattooed. And people have shown him the tattoos that are all festering and oozing. Oh, and, no. And then he'd done his first unsafe signing, which was a colostomy bag. And it's like... I, I used a felt tip marker for that one. Oh my gosh. So signing a colostomy bag, and then apparently someone had taken out a bloody tampon and, and plunked down on the table to sign. And... Goodness. <laughs> he just seems like he'd be so polite and fun and just would be grateful for whatever meal you put together. Uh-huh. But could you uh, picture a, just a nice picnic outdoors with John Waters? We just talk shit about everybody there. And Anne Rice would be there. Wearing her cameo choker. <laughs> <sighs> Although what's funny is, um, like with John Waters, how he'll send up, like, his Baltimore people. Yeah. He also kind of has, he still has, like, a love and respect for people he makes fun of. Yes. Unless they're, like, really shitty and racist. In which case, he'll just dunk on them like crazy. Yeah. But, like, the ones he kind of just pokes fun at a little bit, he still, there's still kind of love there. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a thing about um, good satire. Like if you're watching a satirical rom-com or a satirical vampire novel, they tend to work better when it's someone who knows and loves the genre. Yeah. And then you're just kind of um, 
you're reading along, you're like, oh yeah, I know that shit. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love that shout out. And I, I kind of noticed that with Sedaris too. He's, he has this kind of underlying tenderness beneath what seems to be a flippancy to a lot of his stories. Yeah. And his essays tend to be pretty heartfelt and they're funny, but um, they also kind of, um, what am I trying to say? There's like a tenderness there. Oh, yeah. Was it Diabetes for Owls or? Yeah. There's also the story Dinah the Christmas Whore. Yeah. But there's also the sympathy for the sex worker that they'd taken home. Exactly. To celebrate the holidays with. David Sedaris. That's a good one. Yeah. John Waters. That's a great one, too. Uh-huh. I would just. Yeah. Yeah. Get some tea. <laughs> oh, my God. John Waters would take us to, like, the most fucked up dive bars. I know, right? I mean, I don't drink anymore because my acid reflux is like, nip. Do you, do you picture any tiki bars in this list of places he would take us? It wouldn't be tiki bars. He would <laughs> Nothing that would be cute. Okay. No, it's like fucked up. I might need to take a switchblade with me to protect myself kind of bars. Okay. That's his thing. It's just like the really fucked up bars, but he manages to ingratiate himself with these people. Gotcha. That would be fun. A dive yeah. bar with John Waters. Mm -hmm. That's a TV show. That's a YouTube reality TV I'm telling you, there's gold everywhere. We have so many Netflix ideas that we could be pitching. Oh, Get an agent already. You can get an agent. It's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard, so I have to do the work. I'm the hardworking half. Yeah. So I think this is another fire episode. I think so, too. And I gotta stop congratulating ourselves all the time, but fuck it. Fuck false modesty. Exactly. We're amazing. Exactly. Fuck humble. Well, like, um... RuPaul says, if you don't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love anybody else? Exactly. So. That someone else would be an amazing dinner guest. <gasps> Her and John Waters at the same time, just sitting there. That would be great. What would we be eating? Would we be eating? Would it just be drinks? It would probably just be drinks because. Light appetizers? Yeah, light app. Yes, light apps. Okay. Diet Coke and light apps. Cool. I would dig it. There we go. <sighs> I had fun. I had fun too. Okay, so those are um, probably a by no means exhaustive list. Mm -hmm. If you have any authors that you'd like to have dinner with or lunch with or just meet up with and in sentences and prepositions with. Exactly. Yeah. Hit us up on our Facebook page and let us know your suggestions. Hit us up on Instagram with nifty photos or comment on whatever we post. If you like us, again... Give us a five-star rating and a quick review if you're on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts. Doing those things, doing both of them, will help to push us up the charts. And housekeeping. Again, I'm Carly Knight. And I'm Sabrina Monet. And this has been Procrastination Planet. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Procrastination Planet has been written and produced by me, Carly Knight, and my partner in crime, Sabrina Monet. Our logo was designed by C. Trojan of C. Trojan Art. For more of his work, go to ctrojanart.com. Our theme music is Laser Unicorns by Christian Penn, courtesy of Jumendo Licensing. Visit us at procrastinationplanet.com. Follow us on Twitter at ProcrastPlanet. Follow us on Instagram at ProcrastinationPlanetPodcast. If you like us, tell your friends and spread the word. If you hate us, lie and tell your friends how much you like us anyway. We could use the publicity.